Hey guys, this is Keeping Tabs with CULNC, Cambridge Uni Netball's very own little podcast. I'm Rosie, I play a bit of netball and I'll be chatting to members of CULNC and maybe some special guests, you never know. Um, So please stay tuned and if you enjoy, you can subscribe to the podcast and also follow our Instagram at Cambridge Uni Netball for updates. In this episode, Annabelle and Millie told me all about their love of yoga, its mental and physical benefits from relieving the stress of a busy Cambridge term to improving sporting performance and the potential to spend some time with a dog or maybe even a goat. Hi guys, um, how are you? Good, enjoying the nice bit of sun we got today. Yeah, I'm good. I'm in the middle of an internship, which finishes tomorrow, so I'm quite looking forward to like some freedom again. Yeah, that'd be good. Thank you for joining me to discuss yoga. So, first things first, um, why are you guys into yoga? So, I got into yoga during my A-levels when I was finding it difficult to give myself time to like really relax. So I took up a class like locally with my mum and found that super, super helpful to keep myself kind of grounded through my exams and stuff. And then when I came to uni, that kind of took a sideline because a lot of the kind of uni-YU societies I thought were quite expensive for a student budget. So I was like complaining about this to my sisters last summer and one of them turned around and just said, well, why don't you just start something yourself? So kind of this time last year, I applied to my college student union for funding and got a lump sum for the year just gone and used that to set up uh, a new society to like relax students uh, at a kind of good budget price. Yeah. So how does that work? Do you hire someone in? Yeah. So it was kind of quite a nice coincidence. Um, I happened to have a close friend who had a yoga teacher that was based in London who she was quite good friends with. And with my funding and her kind of knowledge and connections with the yoga teachers, we got um, someone to come into Jesus Weekly and put on a class or two, depending on the demand. Um, it got quite popular kind of in the middle of terms and stuff around week five. So we sometimes had two classes a week. Yeah, and she came came up from London on the train, um, and we subsidised it by half for students. So that was really good. Uh, Millie, so I got into yoga so same as Annabelle last year, so second year of A levels. Um, I started off doing hot yoga because there was a new studio that opened up by me, which is really fun. So that's like you're in like a little bubble, and it's up to twenty eight degrees. That sounds really intimidating, but it was actually really fun. Um, even though you're absolutely dripping in sweat, but that's really fun. And then exactly the same as Annabelle, I really enjoyed that. But then when I came to uni, especially kind of as a fresher, there's so much going on and yoga is not. I did actually take, I have um, an old yoga mat, which I did take to uni, but I didn't use it in the first term. And then second term, I met Jesus as well. So um, Annabelle was advertising this yoga class, which was really convenient because it was just like a five minute walk away. And so I started going to that again and that was really good. And then since lockdown happened, that stuff that was happening at Jesus then moved online to Zoom classes. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of that, sometimes up to like four sessions a week. And that's been my main yoga. 
So it sounds like um, both of you started for the sort of mental benefits of like taking a break, de-stressing, you know, the kind of meditation side. Yeah. And I also figured if I wanted to pay for a class, I really wanted to get something that I couldn't do by myself. Even though I know some of the, like, I kind of know what I'm doing now. I, I still don't think I'd be able to lead myself through a session that well. Um, so stuff like, I don't know, a spin class, you can kind of, you can get on an exercise bike and do that by yourselves, but you can't really do a yoga session by yourself I think I quite like the challenge of it as well um it relaxes me I come away feeling super chilled but during the session I think a lot of my concentration goes into what I'm doing and that stops my mind kind of wandering and I find that like I get like a dual purpose of like a workout but also coming away feeling like I've had time of my own thoughts and kind of let myself kind of chill out and reflect as well yeah and I guess in a place like Cambridge you know it's very stressful and can be hard to like take a minute for yourself it's very beneficial. Yeah particularly this year I felt like I'm living life at a million miles an hour and just like an hour of kind of just moving my body and at least kind of 10-15 minutes at the end where you're sort of lying on the floor in a sort of meditative state uh, has been amazing yeah really good. And also when you've got so much like work going on I certainly felt almost guilty about kind of taking time for myself when I kind of thought oh, I should be finishing this essay so having like organized relaxation essentially because you know someone's paying for it as well and you're paying for a bit of it so you're like I have to go to this but then you do feel so much better afterwards yeah and then also mentally from like a sports perspective as well you know for um, netball I guess specifically um, there's definitely a lot of benefits there I think of like focus and positive thinking and that kind of thing yeah and also netball wise with like uh, joint stabilization as well and getting your muscles uh, to kind of support you a bit better I found because obviously I sprained my ankle quite badly in February uh, and was on a kind of extreme recovery up to varsity um, which ended up all being fine but my ankle still is like a little bit dodgy a bit weak and I found when I started doing the lockdown yoga, it would kind of wobble and my like balance would be a bit off. And gradually, as I've been doing the yoga through lockdown, it's got stronger and stronger. And obviously, my stabilizing muscles around it are getting better. And I'm learning to like engage other muscles that kind of take the strain and stress like off entirely my ankle. So that's been really good as well from, from a sports perspective. Yeah. And I would say from another kind of injury perspective, so I did my ACL, MCL and meniscus in 2016, which is quite a long time ago, but I've only had kind of two full seasons back. Um, and towards the end of this last season, because we were still in the cup um, until well, till the final, we had a match every week, which was quite intense. Um, and so I started taping my knee with probably about three weeks to go, which I hadn't done before because I could just feel all the muscles around my knee that I'd injured getting so tight and I was getting a bit worried and I'm not you're never sure like how much the tape actually helps but certainly like mentally the tape kind of chilled me out a bit um and then I wasn't really doing much yoga at that point and then the kind of next comparable bit of that much intense exercise is when we were doing the charity run so I'm not particularly a runner and I did a lot more running than I would usually ever do ever that was the first time I'd run more than 8k in my life um, so that was quite big for me but my knee was similarly getting kind of tight and I could feel kind of just literally like the quads and the hands and the calves like it's all getting massively more tight um, but 
whenever that happened, if I had a yoga session, I could really feel the difference because essentially it's a straight hour of stretching. Um, and after doing that, I like I didn't need to tape when I was running because the yoga was actually doing what the tape was doing, but in a better way. So I was more stretched and my knee got through it a lot more easily than it would have without the yoga. So that was really useful. Yeah. Also, I was thinking about how it's like a low impact way of exercising when you're like avoiding injury or also recovering from injury. Yeah, definitely. Because netball is so high impact. I mean, I think when you're jumping and landing, it's something like you hit the ground or something like three or four times your body weight, which is obviously insane. That's why netball has so many knee and ankle problems. Um, through this because especially some of the sessions I find like really tough on my legs and like you know we all squat quite a lot at the gym and I was I didn't go into it expecting to find yoga tough I like especially not in my legs like I'm quite proud I've got quite strong legs but some of it like I was shaking I was like oh my god um, so it's definitely like good exercise as well as being low impact yeah it's much a workout I, I found it so funny when we first started yoga classes and I was persuading like some of my guy friends to come along and some people were bringing their boyfriends, things like that. And they were all kind of like, huffing and puffing, being like, why are we being dragged to yoga by the girls? And all of them were like sweating, panting, were like kind of giving me a look as if to say, like, I didn't know what I was getting myself in for here. It, it is a good workout. It, it's tough on the muscles, but that definitely kind of translates well uh, into a high impact sport like netball in the long run. Yeah. And since you guys have started yoga, what are the main um, physical benefits that you think you've seen? Um, my upper body has got a lot stronger, which is really good because coming away from last season, that was definitely something I wanted to improve on. You know, looking at like Tabby and Sarah, like I'm not particularly strong in my upper body. And that was definitely like for next season, that was a big focus. And I wasn't really expecting to do it in the two months after lockdown, but I could Okay, I don't want to say how weak I am and how few press-ups I could do, but basically I can now do over 10 press-ups, which is quite a big deal for me, considering where I was at the end of this. Yeah, I agree on the upper body, particularly as um, a good deal of the classes during the week that Millie and I have been doing are vinyasa flow, which always comes back to a sort of circular flow of like downward dog and a chaturanga which is a bit like a slow press up which then goes into a back bend so you're doing that several times in a class it does take its toll on both your shoulders and your triceps quite a lot which are probably really important netball muscles that we would necessarily kind of focus on otherwise so I, I'm, I'm the same as Millie in that sense and probably some of my more like stabilizing balance muscles as well like my glutes, like my wrists and ankles as well, like I said, um, I've also noticed a big difference there. You mentioned um, vinyasa yoga. I was going to ask you guys, like, do you have a, a favourite type? What are the different types? There are lots of different types. I've only ever done vinyasa. So even when I was at home, I did a variation of vinyasa. Um, and everyone takes the interpretation differently in terms of like each style of yoga every teacher likes to teach it a bit differently whether they want to kind of make it a bit more active or kind of go back to the spiritual roots of it a little bit more there's also my personal lazy favorite uh yin yoga which is really slow you're holding positions for like five minutes at a time but it's pretty floor based so you kind of go into positions that are a bit sore you might ache a little bit and then you kind of gradually feel your body like sinking deeper into them. And I often feel 
like amazing after those um and I quite like the fact that they're just they're often late at night they're very chilled I normally turn my bedroom lights off and just like completely switch off I do quite like that as well um and the place that um Annabelle and I do as well they also do like power yoga which is essentially like more strengthening yoga than the vinyasa one and they've also done things like headstand workshops so I can now do headstands which means cool pictures yeah I saw that you posted that online (laughs) well hang on hang on I didn't it was posted I'm not that much of a yogi yet I'm on my way but it was posted about me (laughs) um but (laughs) I've got I've got some more cool ones I can send you them if you want they're very (laughs) thank you (laughs) I never managed, sadly, to get to a headstand workshop. So, like, a lot of them were, like, during my exams and stuff. But I would love, like, that would probably be, like, a nice goal for the end of the summer. Because I've, tr- I've kind of, like, tried to get myself up into one. But I normally end up kind of majorly stacking it onto my neck or something, which you, I think you're better off just being taught um, and not kind of get ahead of yourself with it. And I think that's quite a big point for, like, yoga in general, because a lot of it looks quite intimidating but it's actually not as hard as you think it is if it's explained to you in the correct way. Mm. So I kind of thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to do a headstand, but literally in one workshop when the instructor kind of went through and was like, you have to link your fingers in this specific way and put them on your head here. And this is where the pressure should be going through. And it's a lot easier than it looks. It's often as simple as just like placing one kind of bit of your body in a certain place or, or like your hand position or like, taking moving the weight slightly differently but you wouldn't necessarily know that from like looking at a kind of complicated yoga pose but the step-by-steps make it so easy I don't I think it's really accessible to kind of whatever level you're coming in at um regardless of whether you've like never ever done yoga before or whether you're kind of like a seasoned yogi I think anyone could kind of turn their hand at it quite quite happily Although having said that, my guilty confession is that I can't do crow, which is like a very entry level kind of, That's I feel like that's a position people know like that that's a yoga position. And I really, I just face plant. Mm-hmm. It's like when you put your knees behind your elbows and put your hands on the ground and kind of lean forwards. I just face plant and face plant and face plant. Yeah, you'll probably find that the, the, the one product frustrating thing I find with yoga is sometimes you're anatomical makeup just stops you from being able to do it so I've got really really tight hips um due to like my bone structure of my hips and there is nothing I can do about that and some of the poses I just can't get into um which I find quite frustrating but I'm hoping like over a long period of time the more I do it kind of the more my hips will become but I think I will always struggle with those like hip-based poses so you might find Millie that that's where your crow that's where your crow troubles come from I think so. I agree. <laughs> I guess that's the thing, isn't it? That everyone's going to get different benefits from it and it's all really varied. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also an important thing is if you are starting out for yoga, the instructors are obviously all really individual. So if you do a class and you think, oh, that wasn't really for me, that doesn't necessarily mean that yoga's not for you. It might just be that that instructor's not for you. Um, so Essentially, if you're just starting out, experiment with different classes and different instructors and try not to decide too quickly on whether you like it or not. Um, So you were talking about like having an instructor there to explain. Um, And I was wondering, well, you guys have actually mentioned that you go to classes mainly in person, right? And over lockdown, I guess you would have transitioned online. So how have you found that? And how do you think they compare doing it online or in person? 
So I think it depends on the kind of Zoom yoga student you've been. So we the classes start off pretty small, but they grew to maybe like 100 people on one of these Zoom yoga sessions. And I always turn my camera off because I quite like kind of not being watched and no one can see me then if I face plant like, <laughs> in my bedroom and stuff. This is my fear as well, but we, have, we all pin the teacher, but we're all still terrified that we're watching each other. Yeah, but that also means that because my camera's off, I'm definitely lazier. And I definitely will, like, if I'm in a tired mood or it's first thing in the morning, I'm much more likely to come out of the pose a bit early and drop into child's pose. Whereas when we had Hannah come into class, she'd be really motivational. Or she'd kind of say, come on, Annabelle. Like, if I rolled my eyes, she'd be like, right, no, come on, keep going. So I definitely have probably not pushed myself as hard when it's been online. But equally, I've probably been doing more classes a week. So maybe they kind of like offset each other. But in terms of like benefits of teaching, if you do leave your camera on, she'll still come and like have a look at who's on the screen and whether your form's right and correct you if you're not quite right and things like that. So if you are concerned about that sort of thing, particularly I think if you'd never done it in person, you started on Zoom, that would be really useful. Um, I just felt that I had kind of the basic form already there from like having done it in person for quite a while. Yeah, Um, it was definitely different because you don't get that immediate response but at the same time you did get the benefit the way the instructor usually did it was she would kind of run through the moves whereas usually I would say in a like a live class they kind of talk you through it more so we got to watch her and she her, obviously her technique is really good um, and she does all these really hard poses like this thing where she kind of holds the press up at halfway and I'm shaking and collapsing and she looks fine <laughs> um, so I'd say that's quite a big benefit but yeah same as Annabelle I I have a friend who does it as well and we quite often FaceTime each other. So even if my camera is off, we'd still have like it on each other. So we were not watching, but there was someone there if there was like a hard pose and you were kind of laughing about it as we face plant again. Um, but that definitely meant I tried harder when my friend was there because like, if there was something really hard, like a plank or something like that, neither of us wanted to be the one to bail out first. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good thing. I think a couple of times I've done it with family members I have the same like I think I want to show them kind of what I can do rather than when I shut my bedroom door and I'm like a bit lazy yeah yeah but maybe does that take the pressure off you know yeah yeah for sure I mean, not that there's masses of pressure anyway in the live classes but it does make it like it's a very relaxed exercise class yeah I feel like yoga it's all about kind of being in tune with your body and listening to what your body like can and can't do so if you can't do something, it's very accepted that you can't just like drop back into a resting pose um, and let your like energy like settle and let yourself rest. So I wouldn't say there's like a pressure as such, but I'm like probably more motivated for myself in class in person than I am online. Yeah. Did you get some like mood lighting going for the atmosphere? <laughs> I some I turn my lights off for the there's like an 8.30 yin class on Thursdays and Sundays, I think, particularly the Sunday one. If I do that, I, I turn my lights off and I put on like something warm like tracksuit bottoms or something because it's quite slow. Um, and often feel, I feel like I'm on the edge of sleep by the end of it. <laughs> and when we get sent the link for the Zoom class, we get sent a playlist as well on Spotify. Um, so that kind of goes some way to recreating the studio experience because you've got the very yogi music playing mm. while you're doing it. 
Yeah, fair enough. Do you have any online classes you'd recommend? Like, what are the ones that you guys have been doing? So, um, we, so the one, the class that Annabelle and I do is run by this company called Student Stretch, um, which works with Cambridge and quite a few other unis, but specifically works with different colleges and also with sports teams. So if anyone at CULNC would like to get involved, check out my Facebook post. Plug. <laughs> shameless. Absolutely shameless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you've actually ever reacted to any of my posts, but that's fine. <laughs> I don't mind. It's okay. Annabelle, you have, so it's all good. I was worried. Don't out me like this. <laughs> can't do a podcast on yoga when you haven't reacted to my post and not expect to be called out. <laughs> anyway, so that's really good. And that has about eight different classes a week, I would say. Yeah, it varies. It does vary. And at different times. So if you're working or... I know you're babysitting or whatever you'll be able to find something at that time um, and that's really good really good instructors they give discounts to clubs and to colleges and the student stretch works with the colleges quite a lot so that's kind of the subsidizing that Annabelle was talking about earlier so it's really affordable and it's all I've been doing essentially I haven't been doing any other yoga apart from that so pretty much all I've been talking about has been coming from that. I mean if you want to do a free class because obviously even though so for Jesus students right now it it still is free, but that's because of Jesus funding it. And a lot of colleges, that's not the case. If you want to do something free, I used to do yoga with AGN on YouTube. She's quite good. Um, she has quite a range of stuff. I found her particularly good if I had a specific ache or pain to stretch out a particular muscle. So like getting into bits of my back and things like that. She has like targeted videos for that. And I guess that's very convenient. So you can do it on your own time. But I've mainly done student stretch as well, like over the last kind of year. And the hot yoga I did um, was called hot pod yoga. And that's really good. Although given COVID, I can't see that happening anytime soon because it's about 15 people in a small bubble sweating a lot. So I think that might be quite a while until that happens. But there's um, a studio in Cambridge um, and that's really good. I would definitely recommend that when it's allowed to open again. There's quite a lot of outdoor stuff going on as well I imagine there'd be something in sort of everyone's area if you just have a little bit of a hunt for it yeah I feel like outdoor yoga is like the ultimate thing right you know being at one with nature yeah at the start of lockdown we had that heat wave I did most of my yoga sessions outside and it particularly adds to the kind of zen feeling I think when you've got like birds in the background and you hear like the wind through the trees and stuff like that um, I found that really, really super relaxing. How often do you guys do classes? I tend to do one or two a week at the moment because I'm quite busy with my internship. But during kind of the Pico revision, I maybe did four or five. There was a point where I was doing more or less one a day. Um, but it really varies depending on what, what I've got going on and how like tired I am when I want to get up for the ATM session and things like that but yeah as much as I can fit in really yeah I do about two or three sessions a week now so I'm trying to kind of now that my work's died down I'm trying to get into a proper kind of training routine so I'm trying to fit it in around that um, and use it as kind of use the more dynamic ones as part of my training routine and then the more kind of relaxed ones as part of my recovery routine so about two or three a week um any time of the day 
I'm a morning person, so I generally prefer the 8 a.m. and 9 p.m. ones. I'm not the yin ones post dinner, and I'm not very active post dinner, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I like the morning ones as well. Sometimes my only issue with them is I don't, sometimes like my muscles have woken up at that point. I feel more stiff in the mornings and often find it like harder to get into positions. Um, the classic 5 p.m. was where it's all started, and I'd still say that's probably my favorite because um, on a Friday night 5pm I'm done in time for like a nice glass of wine or garden if I want to be and I'm feeling very relaxed and yeah so I think that's probably my favourite time yeah 5pm that was a good one how do you guys think we could incorporate yoga into our CULNC training programme so I would say the biggest thing that yoga has done sporting for me would be how it helps my muscles recover um, and obviously the more quickly your muscles recover the better you can then train um so i could imagine well if i was kind of planning it i would think doing some a session on the thursday um would be quite good because we don't currently have anything on a thursday and as we were saying earlier it's you know yoga's non-impact so it wouldn't it's not like having another core session on the thursday and i don't know about you guys but after some matches if you're especially if you play a full kind of four quarters and about your goal keep but for middies i'm dead why not too, but that's only because I'm less fit. No, it's tough in the in the goal circle. In the circle, it's a hard. Yeah. Well, you actually, you get bashed around a lot more, but I'm not sure how yoga can help that if you've just... The strength. Yeah, I've just, just got to preserve my joints, really. It's not the bruises. <laughs> but yeah, I can imagine like if we had something on a Thursday to just really help the recovery and make the Friday training sessions better. I think that would be quite useful. I was going to suggest um, something in a morning, because obviously we do a lot of like, late night training, because I think that could be quite nice. Because I, as much as I like hated when I trained with the Swallows and we did the early morning fitness, you did kind of leave ready to hit the day. Um, so that could be quite nice. Then I kind of thought in my head, mm, but if Millie's suggesting Thursday, but equally, who knows next year whether Wednesday nights will be a... I think in the same way. So That's it's definitely something that I think you could explore depending on the format that next year takes. Yeah, early morning would be good, like camaraderie as well. You know, we've all got up. Yeah, I think it'd be something a little bit different. I mean, it, we end up recovering quite nicely in terms of like by 15 minutes into the sessions, people have some energy, but we all turn up pretty tired for those late night sessions. Yeah. So it might be something quite different, which would be nice. Yeah. And I had quite a lot of early morning trainings at school and it's a bit of a pain getting up. But I actually really enjoyed them when you're there. I know it's a really good way to start the day and you feel like, yeah, I can go eat that chocolate bar now. I'm, you know, you just feel really virtuous after doing exercise early in the morning. Yeah, I read some stuff as well um, about a lady that does yoga for like sports teams. Um, and she said that at the end of session, she puts in visualizations of them talking through playing a match, you know, how it feels, overcoming things in the match. So then you go in feeling more confident. Yeah, I think you definitely could like intertwine it with some like sports psychology type stuff, um, mindset kind of training and things like that. I think that could be really good. So you spoke about um, hot yoga. Have you guys tried anything else like a little bit more rogue? I don't know, like dog yoga, aerial yoga? I haven't personally, but my sister went to puppy yoga (laughs) in London maybe like sometime over the winter and there are a lot of like tiny pugs running around and I'm not sure how much yoga got done (laughs) but it sounded 
like quite a good thing to try if you want to be surrounded by like tiny fluffy things that will downward dog with you i really want to try goat yoga that's definitely a facebook video yeah i've seen that (laughs) (laughs) um but i i would quite like to try i think i've seen like videos of people like doing tabletops they're just on all fours and the goats like jump onto their back (laughs) and they're baby goats they're not like fully grown goats it's not kind of a new intense PPR is 30 kilograms on your back. <laughs> um, that looks quite fun. Do you have to own a goat or do they supply no, goats? No, I think they provide the goats. Okay. I think they're specially trained goats. I think that would be really stressful. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, they've got really creepy eyes as well, goats. I don't know. <laughs> and they make the, the kind of noises they make aren't particularly zen. No. <laughs> no, a bit smelly, but I do want to try it. Get angry goats, I always think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll stick to puppy yoga. Yeah. I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts? Just I couldn't recommend it kind of more if anyone is sort of i know there are a lot of non-believers when it comes to yoga but i really do think that it can suit anyone and you can find something that works for you and you'll be able to take something from it so i would recommend if you're like sat on the fence at all to just give it a go and a big thing i've heard when i've kind of suggested this to my friends is them saying you know i can't do yoga i'm really not flexible but the point of yoga is to become more flexible. So if you're not flexible, that's okay. It means you have a benchmark and that's where you're going to start from and you'll see improvements quickly. So if you can't touch your toes, to me, that's even more of a reason to do it. And I, I'm definitely not naturally flexible, but my muscles feel better. Um, and I definitely noticed a, a big difference, even like in day-to-day tasks where I, if I'd done a workout, I'd like ache. With yoga in my routine as well, I didn't get that at all. Nice. Well, I think we should finish. I think it'd be only only be right to finish with you guys, if you're up for it, talking us through a move each. Yep. And then we'll actually do it. Oh, I've got to do a crow then and watch Millie battle with the crow. <laughs> Come on, Millie, you can do it. Okay, so I try to talk people through a crow. Yeah. And then anyone listening, join in. It'll be fun. So you're going to stand up with your feet about a hip width apart, a bit further, a bit wider actually, a bit wider, and you're going to put your toes out slightly to the side, and then you're going to bend over and put your hands on the ground, and then you're going to bend your arms, so you're going to try and create a shelf with your arms, and then what you're going to do is you're going to lean forward and you're going to try and slide your knees so your arms are inside your knees you're going to try and slide your knees kind of up alongside the backs of your upper arm so your knees are theoretically going to rest on your upper arms and then once you kind of get into that position you're kind of squatting and and your knees are resting on there then you're going to shift your weight forwards and try and look forwards at the same time so your head's working as a counterbalance and then slowly and with control you're going to try and lift your feet off the ground <laughs> and then hold if you can <laughs> i'm really very bad at this but some people are really good but the main thing is try and like look forward and balance out your feet and your head yeah the head is really important i think oh, i think it's dizzy oh what should i do um we can go through a chaturanga we can get to the flow okay so we get into downward dog which is essentially your hands and feet are both on the floor and your bum is in the air, so your body is making like a V shape. 
So you've got your shoulders locked, your elbows locked, and you're like pushing away from the floor. And then you rock your weight forward. So you're in a plank position. So you're kind of looking over your hands. You can drop your knees and untuck your toes. And then you slowly lower yourself down as if you were doing a press up. And then you lift your head, arch your back, pick your hands up off the floor and look forward so your neck is neutral. And then you push back up off the floor and back into downward dog. That's like a little mini flow. Ooh, I'm glad we got a downward dog in there. Got to, haven't you? <laughs> okay, I think that's everything. Thanks so much for joining. Look at my hair now. <laughs> <laughs>